Hello, and welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Dude, and with me is Andy. Hey, buddy. How you doing, man? I'm great. It's so good hearing your voice. Yeah, I'm really. I'm look, so looking forward to talking about some music today, man. Very excited. Wow. You have your pants on. <laughs> no? Come on. It's a podcast. You don't need pants. That's true. That's true. I've got ankle socks on and no pants. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, so today is October 20th, 2016. Uh, we're the Album Nerds. We have a website called albumnerds.com. We do this podcast every couple of weeks. We're just a couple of longtime friends that love talking about music, and this is sort of our opportunity to catch up, talk about some stuff we're listening to, try to uh, get the other guy to listen to something new or different that maybe they haven't listened to before, and talk about it a little bit, record it, and hopefully entertain. So uh, why don't we start talking about what we've been listening to? Uh, you want to kick it off this week, Andy? Yeah, would be my pleasure. Um, so this is the first record I want to talk about was this um, live release from the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> they do that a lot. Yes, lots of who's and yeah's and oh yeah's. Um, so this is a, a remaster of a, a show they did at the Hollywood Bowl in uh, California in, I believe, the late 60s. Um, so I'm not, I'm not a big Beatles fan. I know you're, you're probably much more so than I am. Um, but I respect them. And this, this was early 60s, by the way. Early 60s. Okay. So this is kind of like at the peak of their... You know, fame in America. Is that fair to say? Well, their early fame, That this is kind of, I don't know if you watched the documentary. There's a documentary that kind of goes yeah. along with this. It's a Ron, Ron Howard. Howard. Film, right? yeah. uh, so this is kind of, at least to me, the end of the first era of Beatlemania. Okay. They stopped playing live shows not too long after this. I think there was there was a big one in like Dodger Stadium or something. And just so much noise and screaming and yes, that they became a studio band. So they didn't really tour through the later part, you know, the revolver and forward, uh, mm-hmm. Sergeant Pepper, all that. They didn't tour in support of those albums. So the live experience for the Beatles was part of their earlier trajectory. So that's why yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the screaming is an interesting point to make there because it's it's um there's definitely parts of the of the album i guess you would call it where it's very clear like it's a lot of background noise going on but they did a really good job of cleaning it up during the during the actual songs like it's still consistently throughout but it's definitely lower in the mix and there's a really interesting um interview on npr's all songs considered with the um the audio engineer who remixed this this record um, did a good job. I think it sounds really good, and, and just in general, I was I was really impressed. I mean, I haven't really heard a lot of Beatles live recordings. There really aren't a lot out there um, that are publicly available, and they sounded great. They played so well together, um, and it's just impressive to hear them rip through like it's like seventeen songs in forty three minutes. I mean. A lot of a lot of uh, songs you recognize, and um, some kind of deeper cuts too. That you know were interesting for me to hear, and I don't know. I really really enjoyed it, and I was not expecting to. Uh, yeah, I I recognize all the songs. I was a Beatles freak amonga in high school and into college. You know, and in the nineties, there was a lot of that nostalgia sort of stuff that went along with being a music snob guy. Um, <laughs> so when I, I, one of my first record store jobs every week, I'd use my store discount to buy one of the Beatles albums on CD. Cause all I'd listened to was the vinyl my whole life. My parents had it. So I've listened to all the albums numerous times. I used to make my own Beatles mix tapes. I'd make uh-huh. like four 90 minute tapes 
of the best Beatles songs for driving and whatever. Wow. So the live stuff, I mean, I'd rather listen to the albums. I The Beatlemania uh, experience, like all that screaming in the crowd and stuff, really does kind of paint a picture of what a huge deal and what a shift in culture we were having at the time in America. Yeah, sure. I mean, in previous generations to the Beatle generation, I mean, yeah, there were, you know, coming before it was Elvis and stuff, but I mean, kids didn't, teenagers worked like during the, the era of the depression and stuff, the great depression, you went and worked and helped your family. And then in that era, there was the first sort of, you know, in the 50s and 60s, there were teenagers whose, you know, America was, you know, families were, at least in middle America, families were having more success, had a nice house. Dad worked, mom stayed at home, and there was more, there, you know, like a youth movement or a youth sitting around listening to records, mm-hmm. not, you know, selling candles <laughs> to try and... <laughs> To try yeah, and bring home sure, a chicken sure. for dinner, you know? So yeah, I there's think more culture and identity going on there. You know, losing your mind over celebrities and all that stuff. Yeah. So it is a very interesting piece to listen to. I recommend that you spend some time in the Beatles catalog. The early years are a lot, the earlier albums are co- a lot of covers. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you about that. There's a few covers on this record. Is that true? Yes, like, yes. I mean, Twist and Shout wasn't theirs originally either. Okay, uh, right, right. So, you know, a lot of British bands started off by doing American songs, like Little Richard songs and a lot of, um, you know, R&B-type tunes. Yeah, yeah. And they started off primarily as a live band. They used to, they, they were teenagers and started playing, um, and they played in Berlin or something, somewhere in Germany, Uh for years at a, or a year or something, a long time. You should watch some of the movies too, some of the autobiography stuff. But there's a lot to the story and the shift of what the Beatles even shifted from these lads with bangs and suits sure. to, you know, long-haired mystics singing about LSD and whatever. So right, right. it's an interesting time. You can kind of, the youth culture in America and the way that, these kids that were screaming for the Beatles, yeah, 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 a few years later, were going to Woodstock. <laughs> so <laughs> it all ties in with an interesting time in America. And um, you can see just through the progression of the Beatles discography. I mean, we're talking like 1963 to 1969. In a six-year period, it is an amazing transformation. So that's my recommendation. I think you should take a little time. Anyone listening... You should take a little time and experience it. You don't have to love it or anything, but it, it if you go in order, it's pretty cool. I do cool. that once once a year or so. I try and listen to the whole disc- discography for fun. Yeah, man. Well, uh, yeah, obviously you have uh, a lot of opinions on the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. I'll definitely dig into a little bit more in the future and try and uh, give them a second chance. So, Well... It's kind of a rite of passage. You might be too old for it now. <laughs> gotta appreciate, yeah, appreciate your history, you know. Uh, okay, so why don't we drop to the next one? I want to talk yeah. a little bit about Blackberry Smoke. Um, like an Arrow is the new album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got into Blackberry Smoke a couple of years ago. They're a southern rock slash country rock band, kind of. Uh, a little bit of Black Crows, a little bit of uh, Leonard Skinner, and a little bit of Straight Up Country. I first heard a live album of theirs a few years ago and really, really liked it. It had a great energy. And then the subsequent record that came out after that I wasn't so thrilled with, I think because it had a couple of the songs that they had played live um, in the, in the done studio style, and they weren't quite as dynamic. But this one, I really like this album, like an arrow. Um, I just thought it was a fun listen. They've got a great sound. There's sort of a variation of styles. I mean, it all is in the Southern rock sort of tradition. Definitely a little more country twang. Um, what do you think about it? 
Um, yeah, so I had, a, I had like a similar experience with this band. I, I really enjoyed that live album, which just for our listeners is called Leave a Scar, live in North Carolina. So they definitely have that Southern rock sound to them. I, you know, this record, I really enjoyed the first track, Waiting for the Thunder, which had a lot more of a just straight up rock sound to it. Mm-hmm. But as the record progressed, it really got a there's a few tracks on here, like Sunrise in Texas um, and a few other tracks later on the record that were maybe a little bit more country than, than I would usually uh, put on, which wasn't, you know, I don't know. It makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, y'all. I think it's a good, I think it's a good kind of, it's like two genres sort of holding hands. I think there yeah. are country fans who could enjoy this straight up country fans who would be like, Hey, you know, they, they normally doesn't don't listen to other genres. I think they like this. I think a lot of rock and roll fans, especially maybe, I mean, this band has been around since 2000. Um, mm-hmm. so I think maybe people more in my age range might be a little more amenable to it, but I thought as the album, yeah, progressed, I mean, like- it got better. I thought the middle was nice. You know, it was a little more country, but again, it really, it had so many shades of the Black Crows and some blues flavor in it, Almond Brothers flavor in it, that I think it was totally not overly twangy. It wasn't like listening to Alan Jackson or anything. Yeah. Um, and then I thought the album got stronger at the end. Uh, so I like the title tr- or the opening track, Waiting for the Thunder. I thought, like an arrow, the title track is really good. Working for the Working Man, which in a review I read, they said that that was lazy lyrics, but I like it. Believe You Me, I think, is an awesome track. It has almost a little bit of a funk twist to it. The guitar work is a little wah-wah type of guitar. And then they close out really strong on Free on the Wing, which does, in fact, feature Greg Allman. So I thought strong start, strong finish. I really liked it. If you like the Black Crows or Leonard Skinnerd or even some light country, I, I highly recommend checking out all of their stuff. But uh, this album just came out. So Blackberry Smoke, Like an Arrow. Cool. Yeah, good recommendation. Um, so the next one I want to touch on was this new Dillinger Escape Plan record, which I'm very, very, very excited about. Um, so Dillinger Escape Plan is kind of a extreme metal group. They've been around... Uh, I think since the early 2000s, I want to say, is when I first heard about them. Yeah, 99 was their first record. Um, they've had a, a pretty impressive discography, and this, I guess, is going to be their last record, which I'm, I'm sad about, but uh, it is a strong strong finish, in my opinion. Um, it's kind of a, it's a little bit different than their previous records and there's a, a kind of a, a large variety of different types of tracks on here and some things you might not expect from a metal band. Um, there's some clean singing and there's one track has like this little spoken word uh, section to it, which took me by surprise. And, you know, they've always kind of hinged on... Was it, was it like, hey girl... Sorry, I sounded so angry just then. You know, it is kind of like that. But I really love you. <laughs> it's a little bit like that, like one of those I, cheesy nineties uh, pop. This songs. is where my this is this is where my age shows because I want to listen to hard rock. I want to listen to metal music, and as we've discussed before, the point of entry is so difficult because I have a certain thing in mind especially vocally like the guitars and everything were fine but man the screamy scream scream stuff for me i can't do it i can't i can't listen to the whole thing through i had to take breaks it's and my wife was intense. like what is that did andy pick that i'm like yes no like, it's I... terrible <laughs> <laughs> the only song i liked was the last one where he just sings right Right, and he has a, it's a decent singing voice, um, but there is plenty of screaming. There is some some jazz elements. There's an electronic track, instrumental track yeah. on here. Well, some of the stuff with the 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 less straight up rock songs that were like I thought something was broken 
I, you know how sometimes when you're streaming something and it's all like or like when you're listening to a CD and it's all scratched and it's going to be yeah, yeah, yeah. there was some like of that, that going on and I'm like oh <laughs> shoot so I turned off my tablet relaunched it launched the player again and I'm like is that on purpose so uh, all y'all that I'm... like hard rock or metal unless you're unless you understand yeah I say skip it. <laughs> well, but I know they have a great, a huge following, and I'm sure those that love it love it. And I'm happy you do. I'm I'm glad you're listening to stuff that isn't, you know, just EDM or whatever. So have at it. <laughs> it's just not for us old schoolers. I don't think. No, it's a challenging listen, but I man, it's probably gonna be among my one of my favorite records of the year. I mean, it's very cool. I mean, there's certainly, there's certainly, uh, passionate and kicking down walls of how they want to make music, which is cool. So I give them yeah. credit, but it's just not, not for this old man. Yeah. I've got to, you know, when you've got as much ear hair as I do, I think that's how you know. <laughs> the longer your ear hair, the less screaming your, your you can take. Three inches. This record is not for you. <laughs> Like a sign out of rock. I don't even need. I don't even need a beard anymore. It's all ear hair. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, next thing that I want to talk about, and this is what I believe the hard rock and metal should sound like. But of course, the album is twenty five years old. It's Skid Row, Slave to the Grind. Uh, man, do I love this album. I listen to it almost every Friday while I'm finishing up work. Um, not that I'm really a slave to the grind because my job's pretty nice, but still, it helps me finish up my few projects that I have left. Um, Sebastian Bach can sing his ass off. Well, could these days he's probably lost a little, but you know, that happens to all of us. Um, have you ever listened to Slave to the Grind? Um, I've heard tracks of this before. I've never... This, uh, this week was the first time I listened to it start to finish. Yeah, so it came out in 1991. It was their follow-up album uh, to their to their self-titled, mm-hmm. which came out in 89, and that's the one that had like 18 in Life and I Remember You and um, Youth Gone Wild. And that was a little bit more late eighties style ballady yeah. hair rock type, you know, hair metal type of stuff. This one definitely had more edge to it, was a lot heavier. Um and like monkey business, that song when it kicks off. Oh my God. Every time. I mean I wish I could scream like that's how you scream. because uh, it's not growling it but you know when it starts off slow and then just kicks in Beautiful, beautiful thing. Slave to the Grind's a great song. The Threat's a great song. They slow it down a little. Quicksand Jesus and Psycho Love. Track six on the explicit version. Get the F out. I'll try and keep it clean this time. Love, it's silly, but a song about a party where it's just time for you to get the F out. (laughs) Um, Party's over, so get out of my house. (laughs) I think it's pretty cool. Always love that. I always have been tempted whenever we've had a social gathering to play that song when it's time for people to get <laughs> <out>. <laughs> um, The middle tracks there are, are good. Riot Act is a great song, but one of my favorites, Mud Kicker, track 11. Mm-hmm. That, that sounds like a modern hard rock, like a song that could come out today, I believe. Yeah. So, you, okay, I'm done. You, you talk. <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of I was blown away actually. I was um, I was expecting more of the '80s hair metal sound that I guess the, the first record is encapsulates more. But this has got some balls to it. These are some. This is you know I think it aged really well too. Like I didn't feel like I was listening to something from a particular era. It was yeah. I, that's part of why I wanted you to listen to this after our discussion last time with Def Leppard. Um, and that having a, a more specific time feel, I thought that, I mean, I, if I'm still listening to this now, I mean, I believe 
that it could someone wouldn't necessarily know. Yeah, I think you could say this came out recently, and if you didn't know who the band was, um, I'll definitely be listening to it more in the future. I kind of is there anything else from them that would be uh, this level, or is this kind of their shining moment? Well, I, I think I think it's their best personally. Uh, so, but the previous album, Skid Row, is awesome. I mean, it's got big hits on it. You'll recognize. It's just not. It's a little more what you would expect, I guess. Yeah. And then their third album with Sebastian Bach. It's called Subhuman Race. That came out in '95, and that's super heavy, um, but not as melodic. It only went gold. It was in the midst of grunge uh, and yeah. post grunge. So by '95, you had your Bush and sure. uh, you know all Foo Fighters had emerged by then, and you know all sorts of other stuff. All that MTV. No doubt. So, what alternative was was starting to change, and the metal bands, for the most part, were struggling to keep their heads above water, um, except for like Metallica. But, and I'd almost put these guys in that category, almost kind of a well, maybe more of a Guns and Roses kind of a thing. Yeah, there's a little bit. One song on here had like a thrush. Yeah. Riff but subhuman race is worth listening to. Uh, they kicked out. They kicked Sebastian Bach out of the band. They're still touring. They still record. I have not really enjoyed any of their albums without him. But they're still out there. That's too bad. They should. Um, they should re-release this and do like a twenty-fifth anniversary. Twenty-fifth was just passed, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a good record. Yeah, thanks for uh, pointing it out. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, let's transition into kind of a, another slightly older record from the late 90s. Um, so I just kind of stumbled upon this Erica Badu record, um, Baduism. I, you know, I I respected her. I hadn't really listened to a lot of her of her discography. Um, she put out an EP. I think earlier this year, um, it was kind of focused on cell phone culture and which I really enjoyed. Um, but I kind of missed like her earlier production. So I jumped into, I think this was her first, or at least the release that kind of put her on the map. Um, man, I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, has a really smooth R and B groove all the way through. It's a really cohesive record. Um, there's really just a, a few standout tracks, but I think as a whole, it's it's really really solid. And uh, it's kind of making me want to dig a little bit more back into uh, her back catalog. Have you uh, have you heard much of her music? Yeah, back in in that time frame, um, I knew gals that listened to her. And I, I I heard it and I listened to it again for this. Yeah, I mean she's got a great voice. I I like it. I just it was just too it was a little too long for me um, because like you said it is kind of it is very consistent. It is, and it I is. didn't it's... I didn't feel like I was taking on any kind you know it wasn't. Yeah, I just like some ups and downs in a in an album, and it's very it's very nice. I mean, she's got a beautiful voice. It's a good album, um, but I think it really is kind of requires the right time of the night, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a really good choice if you're just trying to set a mood. You know, it's good. I'd say yeah, like when you're music, like but... when you're having a bubble bath and your lady is out of town and. Listen to the Erica Badu. Set of candles, and <laughs> a glass of wine, uh, drop some Badu with Zoom. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, Cal that was awesome. take me away. <laughs> All right. So the last thing we're going to talk about, we'll try and keep this brief. Red Sky Mary. You familiar with this band at all? Only for this record. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, they've been around for a few years. I think this is their second or third full length. It's their first one on, it's not a major label, but on a label. They're a New Hampshire band. They mostly play in New Hampshire. They're blues rock, uh, you know, Little Led Zeppelin, Little ACDC. Yep, the vocals sure. are, you know, in that in that vein. Um, one of the things I like about them is besides the music, they have a YouTube channel called The Rocking Dead. And, okay. and during the season of The Walking Dead, they recap each episode and do it. So the guitarist and the lead singer do a quick um, overview like of the episode. Of okay. But they take like a classic rock song, like an Aerosmith song or whatever, and yeah. they write lyrics about about the show. And they, no one, I mean, there's like 20 or 30 views on each of these videos, but the fact that they do this, I just think is cool and just shows, you know, good personalities. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. That's good cross marketing, man. It's, it's yeah. And, and that's what kind of caught my attention. And so, you know, I just, so anyway, this album, it was hard to find a lot of information about it. So I'm just, because you know, small label and everything. So I'm just gonna kind of go through some of the tracks, and you let me know um, if you concur or can't cur. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I thought it starts off. So let me look it up again here. I lost it. So the album again is called River Child. All hell's breaking loose is kind of you know. Your sort of ACDC sort of track. Payback is a cool bluesy little riffy song. I heard an acoustic version of it. It's very fun. Gone, I think, is a very strong rock song. Run Ragged, South of the City. Howl is very fun. Again, it kind of brings in some... It's like a sort of about a lady and sexuality and howling at the moon and that kind of stuff, which I think is fun. So it's just like fun blues rock, throw, you know, sort of has a throwback situation. I just think these guys seem like a good group of dudes, and and it's the vocals are great. You know, my only real knock on it is, I will wait for you. Track eight. Uh huh. It's it's a love song. Lyrics are you know sweet, but the the guitar on it. It's it's just to me all I can think of is with a little help from my friends, the Joe Cocker version, mm-hmm. and also it's got it, like it, the Rival Sons did the the uh, the shoot they have a song that has a very similar chord progression, so the chord progression was distracting to me because it's like an A C G sort of I think that's probably the chords very. I don't know. The rest of it is fine. It's just that kind of the beginning of it. I, I have a, I had a hard time with that song. I want to like it, but it just sounds a little too familiar. Um, and then yeah. River Child, the final track, the title track, I thought was very strong. I think that's a good point you make, man. Like there were a couple tracks on here where I was thinking, like, oh man, this is just like a Zeppelin song, or this is this riff here sounds just like an ACDC song. I feel like there's in South of the City there's some some lyrics that are almost exactly from a few, from a Zeppelin song. Mm-hmm. So I um just in general I I don't know. I'd have a hard time putting this on over what I would consider the original version of this. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I just I, I think it's important that there are that this kind of music still lives i don't want it to die with the bands that did it before and it's okay for these genres to to be carried on uh and i think you know if i'm a 20 year old 21 year old at a bar in new hampshire and this band is playing i maybe haven't heard that stuff before maybe Mm -hmm. this makes me go listen to that stuff it's like oh yeah it's led zeppelin influence like led what now so (laughs) you know you just don't know Sure, I think sure. it's important that these bands exist. Um, well, and I look forward to uh, seeing how they kind of grow up and add their own 
creativeness to that sound. Yeah, this Hopefully. is a, uh, the the album before this. I think was called Red Witch, and I think this is more developed than that one. But I just hope they have enough success to continue because that's really the challenge right now for bands is sure you know having the financing to tour and and uh, record albums. So, but I say Thumb, Red Sky Mary is certainly a band we're checking out, and they're a lot of fun, and they carry on a at least for me, an important tradition and a really good genre. Cool. Cool. Good one. Shall we transition to some musical memories? Let's. I feel like we should have like a little like fairy dust sound there. Like, or we could do the Wayne's world thing since we like ripping off Wayne's world. Nice. I like it. Uh, Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> do your thing, man. Um my memory was this so listening to that Dillinger record, I had a couple things I wanted to share just with that band. I've been a fan of them since they really were started out, which was about fifteen years ago now, so a few things had come up. Um over their career that I just wanted to share. And they're, they're pretty, um, as the dude is saying, they're, you know, they're um, not for everybody. And they can cause some uncomfortableness if you happen to put them on for people who aren't expecting that type of music. <laughs> Sorry, had something. <laughs> yeah, even that just scared me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so really, the first time I listened to them, I went on a camping trip in the Adirondacks in upstate New York, which is about three and a half hour drive from where I, from where I live. And so I'm with a buddy of mine. He was a big fan of them and their new record, uh, Miss Machine had just come out, which is about a 35 minute record. And he just put that in his truck and put it on repeat for three and a half hours there and back. And he listened to it at the camp a little bit. So you can imagine, you know, I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but after seven hours of listening to it, you know, 30 sometimes, it was kind of just drilled into me at a certain point. <laughs> like, I, I know the ins and outs of that record very well. Um, that you do. <laughs> yes. Can't be trip alone. I get it. Wink. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, so just recently, I think it was last year, I saw them in concert for the first time in Buffalo, New York. Um, it was a really strange show. There was it was in a pretty good sized venue. Probably could hold maybe one or two thousand people. And there were about maybe 200 people there. <laughs> wow. It was mostly empty, <laughs> which is surprising because Buffalo is, is a pretty good uh, metal scene to it. Um, but they still put on a kick-ass show. They brought everything with them. And the few people who were there, you know, you could get right up on the stage and they would jump on top of you and pull you up stage. And they put on a brutal, brutal live show. It must be exhausting for them to go on tour. Um, but they're all pretty, pretty strong physical guys. And you'd have to be to, to play that type of music. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I was going to share, um, an old girlfriend of mine, um, her relationship was kind of on the rocks and slowly heading out. And her, her brother, who I was sort of friends with, um, he likes metal music and he likes jazz. So I, I bought him the first Dillinger record, which is kind of a, has a, a high place in the underground metal scene. It's called a Calculating Infinity. It's an absolutely ridiculous record to listen to. Um, so I bought it for him and kind of tried to explain to him what it was going to be, but uh, I never. <laughs> I never heard from him again. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> we still dated for a few more months after that, and he never spoke to me again. I, I oh, assumed it was because of, <laughs> of this record. <laughs> well, there it's you have it, folks. People. <laughs> you want to end a friendship. Yeah. There's the gift. Some Merry Christmas. <laughs> never see you again. Nope. <laughs> 
All right, so, so. I'm just I'm going to jump in with my musical memory that Please. involves I call it a band with no name. So in college, uh, over the summer, I was taking some summer classes, and there's a few other people left around the town. So me and this guy decided to start a band, and I'd never like really played in a band before. But you know, we, so we rehearsed, and I played the rhythm guitar, and he played lead, and just learned a handful of songs, and would stay up late jamming and whatever. And I don't remember what the name was. I think it was something to do with nylons. I don't recall. So we booked a gig opening for a punk band that we were friends with. And it was supposed to be at a frat house. And the cops came, so we couldn't put the show on. So then we moved. We found a local bar. They were going to let us play in that night. And so we decided to play after the punk band. So by the time they're done, we're it's just the two of us because our bass player was out of town and we didn't have a drummer yet. So we were just going to do one or two songs. One of them was going to be, <laughs> well, I forget what we wanted to do, but we were so drunk by the time we got up there. We just used the punk guys' <laughs> guitars helps. instead of our own acoustics. And we did what kind no of rain. This, man? We did no rain. Uh, okay. By Blind Melon. So it was like probably 1996 or 97, maybe. Okay. And I'm singing. I can't remember the words. <laughs> and I'm looking at the TV in the bar, and I'm like, playing. And I'm like, call 1-800-342, whatever was on the screen. And what I remember most, and every time I hear the song No Rain, not it's not my favorite Blind Melon song. You know I love Blind Melon. But every time I hear that song, I think of, through my drunken haze, there was this one dude at the bar who was playing pool, and I would just hear, You fuck! <laughs> and then he came right up to our faces. <laughs> you fuck! And I'm like, We suck! <laughs> it was the worst. I never played live again. It was fun. Yeah, I can understand why. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I hope I didn't hurt anyone ear- anyone's ears right there. I tried to lean back from the mic, but it was... Uh... So, rehearse, kids, and don't get drunk if you're going to if you're going to play the music and don't do, yeah. don't do no rain. <laughs> oh man, that's too bad. I've seen a few bands get really wasted before they go on, especially like silhouettes or people who are pretty new. I think it will help them be more relaxed or whatever, but yeah, it never goes well. <laughs> that's funny, man. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, so that's that. Uh, do you want to talk quickly about Album of the Year stuff, or do you feel pretty confident? Yeah, quick update on Album of the Year. Um, I've kind of revisited some of my top choices. Um, I just listened to the Black Star record, uh, the David Bowie Black Star record last night again, and it still blew me away. So that's still my number one. But I'm moving uh, Michael Kiwanuka's Love and Hate up mm-hmm. to number two. That's uh, had some really good listens to that over the weekend, and man, I think he is just incredible and very underrated yeah i've been listening to that too um it's a good record it's really good yeah and then i have james blake the color and anything is number three that's still beautiful no it's not it (laughs) (laughs) uh all right so for me you know we've talked about this a bunch of times and i'm gonna have to say and i know this goes against everything i guess but for my favorite album of the year so far i really i just have to be true to myself it is the rival sons Hollow oh Bones. my gosh okay. it's my cool. favorite album of the year i listen to it all the time just because it isn't some critical darling doesn't mean that it isn't uh, my yeah, favorite man. it's a it's a very blues rock record thing. great band love the album that's where we're going right now all right Let's suck it you. andy <laughs> it's your call man I know it is. That's how you want to all be right. perceived. Uh, I just want. <laughs> it is. All right. I don't. I'm not some. I'm not a music reviewer. I'm not a genius about stuff. I just know what I like, and I'm old, and I'm allowed to like very few things, and that's one of them. Okay. Um. So I want to talk just super briefly because we're running a little long here about a piece of news. It's kind of a piece of news. So the. Um, 
2017 nominees for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame have been uh, announced, and I th- people should go and vote. I think you can vote up through December something. December That's 5th. Cool. All right. So, so if you go to Rock can vote. Any, yeah. Anyone could vote. Yep. Go to rockhall dot com. You can set up a sign in for it, or you can uh, use Facebook mm-hmm. sign in, which I don't recommend because it's not very secure. But do what you want. Uh, so basically, the rules are this: to be eligible uh, for nomination, an artist or band must have released their first single or album at least twenty five years prior to this year, twenty seventeen. So they had to release their album no, uh, no later than 1991. So Pearl Jam and Tupac are this is their first year being eligible, and they're both nominees. Cool. I say you should probably vote for both of them. I think their first ballot guys. I, I mean Pearl Jam in particular. You know I'm a fan, so I really think they should be in. Uh, here's some other notable Bad Brains, Shaka Khan, uh, Sheik. You know, the freak out, little disco, uh, little yeah. disco action. Depeche Mode. Cool. Electric Light Orchestra, Jay Giles Band. I think some of these have been nominees before. Jane's Addiction, Janet Jackson, Joan Baez, Joe Tech's Journey, Craftwork, which I think is interesting. Hmm. The Cars, Steppenwolf, the MC5. They're a great early sort of pre-punk punk band. You should check them out. The Zombies. And the band, yes. Wow. So quite a few of those I know would be much earlier than 91. Is well, yeah, because a, a lot of them have been nominated before. Is it's there just, like a limited number of people who can get in? Or? Yeah, I don't know all the rules, but I know that they come up with a giant list and then they narrow it down to nominees. Right. So many bands get nominated many times. Like Kiss finally got inducted a year or two ago, but they had been nominated many times. Okay. Uh, but they just didn't make it in. So I think cool. I think Pearl cool. Jam and Tupac will probably, you know, it's their first time being eligible. I think they'll probably both. Yeah. They both have voracious fan bases that still, and they're still important to the fabric of music. They're big deals. So I, I think sure. they'll probably make it. But so it's just a, uh, Little public service announcement. It's worth doing. You can do one. I think you can vote once a day. Okay. Cool. What was the uh, web address again? Uh, it was Rock Hall. Let me check it again. Ba-ba-ba. Yeah. Rockhall.com. Cool. Definitely worth it. And I think out. they probably weigh fan votes differently than they do expert votes. Cool. Cool. Well, that's good to good to know. Good to be aware of. That's a cool uh, cool place to visit if you're ever in Cleveland. It's definitely worth that afternoon, for sure. Cool. Yeah. Let's uh, let's touch on some upcoming releases. There's not a lot. It's relatively quiet the next couple of weeks. Um, tomorrow, October 21st, Leonard Cohen has another record coming out. Uh, it's called "Do You Want It Darker." Mm-hmm. I heard the the title track from that. It does sound pretty cool, but it's it's Leonard Cohen doing Leonard Cohen. So if you like him, that'll be available tomorrow. And there's this other band. I'm not even sure how to pronounce the name. I think it's NX Worries or Nix Worries. Um, it's got a lot of hype on the interwebs. The album name is Les- Yes Lord. And next week, uh, October 28th, uh, Iggy Pop has a live version of his post-pop depression record coming out. Uh, it was recorded at the Royal Albert Hall. Um, I believe that was his last record as Iggy, as Iggy Pop. Um, so I assume this will be one of his last available releases. And that's about it. Relatively uh, slow finish up to October. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not like... Oh, I guess we should mention... I get. I don't know. I just feel like mentioning it. Kings of Leon, the new album. I wanted to. Oh yeah, that came out what, last week, I think. Yeah. Do you think it's worth talking about next time? I listened to it. No, <laughs> but if you want to. <laughs> no, I think probably not. I I love their 
first few albums is just yeah it's fine but i think yeah. we probably don't need to do that okay all right that's out of the way <laughs> <laughs> glad we agree on that <laughs> all right so now let's talk about some things a couple of things quick 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 outside of music uh we call it giving props giving propers to whatever websites products services things that uh we're digging right now outside of the music of biz um I'm going to talk about the physics beer system. Cool. So I got this recently as a gift. So it's basically a little tool. It's a, it looks like a kind of a little draft spigot thing. What you can do is you take a bottle or can of your favorite craft beer or whatever beer, and uh, you put it in this chamber. You put a hose into the bottle or can, and it uses sonic technology it, it pressurizes the canister pushes the beer up through the hose and out of the spigot and you pull forward to get the entry pour and then you push backwards for the head what it does it uses sonic waves to chop up the bubbles to make them really small hmm. um, and smooth so what it does is it's supposed to take bottled beer and give it an out of the tap Ah, mouthfeel and flavor and you know i thought i wanted one because i read good things it got good reviews but it's just like really am i going to do this and man it's a lot it's, of work <laughs> yeah it's it's awesome i mean it really does bring out the flavor it does mute bitterness though so if you're trying to drink something like an ipa right. it takes it down a notch I like that because I don't like that bitterness, but a lot of people do. So it kind of depends on the type of brew you like, but it's a really cool little system. It's a it's battery powered. You can take it with you if you want. It, I think you can fit a growler in it. Um, so it's kind of a you know it's kind of a silly little gadget, but I think it's it's really fun to have. It's a good conversation piece, and it makes like I poured some Guinness without using the nitro can. So it basically uh, mimics nitro. So having a Guinness poured out of this thing tastes so much more like having it at a bar mm -hmm. than when you drink it straight out of the bottle. Um, or even when you pour it, it just, it gets that nice creamy head on it and stuff. Delicious, fun. So I'm enjoying it. Cool. What's the, uh, what's the price point on that? Physics. Uh, it's about 150. Oh. It was one. It was one seventy nine before. Oh my gosh! It wow. was on Kickstarter and stuff for a while, but yeah, it's a bit of an investment. Like I said, I got it as a gift, which is why I have it because I couldn't uh -huh. justify buying it for myself. Well, that's cool. If you don't have a kegerator in your house and you still like draft beer, yeah, I've got one of those little kegerator things that I've had for years. Yeah. That you can, but only Heineken. In Newcastle, work in it, and those right. are really hard to find. And they're twenty five dollars a keg, or twenty six, and it's only five liters of beer, so it's not even really cost effective. It's just cool to use. Mm -hmm. uh, it does use nitro, but this little thing is fun. Cool. So you use this over the the little keg system you have. It gives me more options. Right. So I can take a Pabst and put it in there, or I can take you know some fancy micro brew and put it in there. And if someone brings over their favorite beer, they can have it poured like it's out of the draft. So cool. It's fun. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I just wanted to give a shout out to myself <laughs> and uh, this monthly uh, Spotify playlist that I publish uh, on Spotify and on Twitter. You can follow me at uh, A. Ballerstein. Um, basically, I put together a, a top tracks from the top albums that were released in the previous month. It's usually about an hour or so long, somewhere in an area of like 10 to 15 tracks. I try and get a good variety and, and cover um, the full spectrum of releases. I just posted up September's on albumnerds.com. You can uh, stream it there if you have a Spotify account. Um, yeah, I put a lot of thought and effort into it and try and make sure not to be too biased to my own personal taste. So it's up there and I'll, I'll continue to post those on the, the website, uh, going forward. Just wanted to mention this. Thanks, Dandy. <laughs> sure. 
I'll check that out. Yeah, it's a good listen. I go back and listen to it um, throughout the year just to kind of see like, oh yeah, what was the spring like in 2014? It's kind of a nice way to go back to that time. Um, yeah, but I think we should uh, mention our sponsor for this this episode. Um, it's brought Tell to me you, about it, stud. Yes, it's brought to you by Maker's Tea and the great people uh, there at uh, makerstea.com, bringing you uh, great tea made easy. Um, they have an offer right now for all Album Nerds listeners for 20% off your next order. Use the coupon code album space nerds. Uh, type in space nerds like S P A C E N E R D S. Yes. yes. <laughs> All one big long string. Yeah. Just kidding, folks. It's just a regular space bar. Yes. Not this. Uh, yeah. So Maker's Tea. Yeah. It's a really good healthy alternative to coffee and a little bit less caffeine and a lot of flavor. So check it out. Um, or you drink it after you drink coffee, like me. <laughs> that's a good, it's a good option in the afternoon. I've got my cutoff rule. I drink my coffee black. It's just like Folgers or whatever, Maxwell House, nothing fancy. Uh-huh. After that's over, because I cut myself off because I'll drink it all day. Lately, I have been making a little loose leaf tea. Nice. It feels uh, feels a little. More feminine than my than my usual. <laughs> I don't brag about it, but it is delicious. So drink it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Maker's Tea, uh, making great tea easy at makerstea.com. That's right. So thank you for the support. All right, guys. That's me and you. We're the only guys here. <laughs> it's time to go because this went really long. Uh, it always seems Sorry, to. people. We probably lost you at about 15, but some of you hung till 32, and one of you kept going till 47, and now you're all gone. But anyway, <laughs> this was the Album Nerds Podcast. Go to albumnerds.com to uh, see our website. You can listen to the podcast there. You can see Andy's Spotify list there. Or you, uh, we're also, where are we, Andy? Where are we? <laughs> On the internet? Yeah. Like, where's our podcast? Where can people get to it? Oh, yeah. It's, it's available everywhere. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, anywhere you subscribe to podcasts. Word up! All right. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Please uh, do visit our site. Give us some feedback. Help us make the show better and probably make it shorter. All right. <laughs> I'll talk to you next time, Andy. Have a great couple of weeks. All right. Take it easy. See you too. Good luck in fantasy football. Bye. Yeah, right. Bye.